So, uh, uh, Miss Shorn, it's Miss Shorn, right? Is that how you say it, or Miss Shorn? Miss Shorn. Okay, is it Michorn. French? M e m e capital s h o r n. Gotcha. Michorn. Yeah, Miss Shorn Daniels. And it is French. It is French. Uh, it's my father's middle name. Okay. Um, uh, the story is is that uh, my grandmother uh, uh, named my father Clyde. Uh, uh, because the French owners were Clydesdale owners of horses. Oh wow! Okay, wow. And his name was Michon. And so my grandmother gave my father the middle name and named him Clyde from Clydesdale horses. I Ain't that something? I love it. Jean-Paul Robert. Jean-Paul Robert, ça va. Très bien. So you know, yeah. it is. It yeah. is. So it is a. It is a very fitting that I would uh, uh, want to follow the bloodline or the story that, you know, I don't identify myself as Negro, Black, and African-American. That's sure. what my title, my book is all about. I'm not so Black America. Did you notice how I, I, tripped, I tripped up when I was talking about Jerry Pops Barnes? I said he's a, I started thinking I had African-American, Black. I was trying to just fit it for you. <laughs> Am no, no, I saying okay it right? Because it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a growing thing. Okay? Sure, sure. It's a, you know, the comedies, like you said, I, I actually like that you said you're about, you know, putting stories out there that's not been heard before and something to cause people to think. Well, that's what, what I'm about. I, I, I've realized uh, when I joined the military and became a surgical technologist, um, um, I went into a field that was dominant European environment. It was a dominant majority environment. And I grew up in Miami. Uh, my mother, you know, sent me, put me in the military because of some trials and tribulations it's in my book, things I was going, going on and everything. But she sheltered me from traditional, what I call black religion. And because I didn't have the traditional black religion, uh, I didn't get the traditional indoctrination of black religion. And you, you and I find this very strange. Sure. A lot of people don't realize, clearly people outside our culture, if you don't go through the traditional, uh, 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 what we call methodology of what it is to be black, the color of your skin don't make you black. Uh, what uh, makes yeah. you black is your your behavior, your thinking, and the things that you actually believe in, and and, and how you process this, and how you culturally how we interget in a in a you know uh, kind of interact with one another. What my mother did with me is she sheltered me from all of that. And I didn't realize it until I went into the military. And the, first profound, time I heard yeah. someone, the first time I heard someone tell me, yo, bro, you're not black. I'm like, what? What yeah. do you mean? Nah, bro. Where are you from, Miami? What do you mean? You from Miami? Dude, <laughs> you don't talk right. You don't. Bro, what's wrong with you? See right where it's you know, going. Yeah. And that was a, yo, bro, it was a, it was a shocking to me. Okay, so my first my first four years in the military was learned was spent learning how to be black. <laughs> there you go, uh, go figure, right? <laughs> you can look yeah. in the mirror, you can look at your face, and you know somebody will see you. And we know, you know, when people say, you know, you hear people say, "I look at you and I don't see that you're of color." Well, of course. Oh yeah, you're. right. Yes, that's that, that's, yeah, that's right. silliness, right? And that's not what you're saying. You're saying. You're merely saying, again, I like this because even culturally, I just got back at the time of this podcast, one of my colleagues had lost her brother. She's, right. She's black. 
and she's very she's a very proud black woman. She's a sorority sister. She's a Delta. She's a Swar. She would say, and she's very comfortable in that. And and I'm Italian American, mm-hmm. and I am. I mean, I guess I, I my grandfather was real proud to be Italian. You know, a hard worker. But we try. You know, they hate the stereotypes of you know your mafia, your this, this, and that, and the other. Although, right, 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 although. Right, right. There are people that I know in the family that did things that probably weren't right, but I was never like that. Um, I know people, but it was never directed. I was always told, "Be your best, Bobby. Get get out of. Don't do this. You don't." And I've heard that growing up. Um, through this church that I went to right before this, it was actually a, a funeral home, and it's uh, it happens to be predominantly black, and it's it's actually um, run by a, a black owner, and the AME pastor was there. And it was very, it was, prof- it was great. I'm a Catholic. So when you go to a Catholic, there's so much tradition in that. There's like, you would know exactly mm, where yeah. it's headed, when it's going, what you're going to say, the verses. But this, right, this right, pastor, right. this young pastor. Very regimental. Oh, yes. This guy was so spot on about, I didn't even know, I know the, I know his sister. And that's why out of respect, I went there. But this guy um, in the coffin didn't know Christopher at all. I'll say that. And. He spoke so eloquently and even admitted I didn't know him, but when he spoke of the words of Jesus Christ and the Pharisees and the Jew and Jesus Christ going up to the well and asking the, 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 you know, the Pharisee woman to, could you please give me some water? We can't do that. We're two different. We don't get along. I mean, we're two different people. Right. And he brought that in and talked about how our times in our life, we're going to cross things that we were uncomfortable with, but we're forced to do it. No matter what, like Jesus Christ was, he was forced to go right through Samaria. Who the heck right, wants to go through right, an area that's right. volatile? Like you and I aren't going to go, you know, you're, you're a black guy. I'm a white guy. I, I worked in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, still doing some civil rights stuff with Byron D. Lee. You, you, know, you, you know, Bobby, I'm, yeah. you know, Bobby, you know, Bobby, go to have, you know, I'm one of the biggest things you're going to learn about me is that I'm going to contradict that that you just said. That's I, why I want you to, I, this I'm is, not, yeah. yeah I, I'm not your black guy. And you know what, Bobby, when yeah. I see you, you're not that white guy. You okay, know, good. You yeah. Know, when, I tell- you, when I see when I see you, Bobby, I see the idea of the color construct. Yes, is it a color construct in our country? Yeah. Most definitely, the color construct was based on color. But one of the biggest things that I learned is that I realized is that that color construct is based on an ideology that was meant to make somebody seem superior, superior, and the other to feel inferior or less than or not human. And so when I when I started going into the medical field and I started, I had, you know, I was just telling you, I had just learned how to be quote unquote black. That people yeah. was, you know, I had to learn how to use the very colorful terminology. I didn't right. use to curse. Right. Okay. I had to learn how to drink. Right. And, and I had to learn how how to have multiple women. Okay. So your mom uh, sent you life, to the army know. to get away from all this. <laughs> you yeah, the, she, she, we polluted she, you. <laughs> what happened? She sent me to the military to get away from all that. And I went in the military and got indoctrinated. <laughs> That's amazing. That. Well, you yeah, go, like, you know, the, I couldn't, I couldn't navigate in an environment with the cup, with the color of my skin, with the surround around people without understanding what it was to be black. Okay, so I I had to go and learn how to be black. And, you know, Bobby, I have to tell you, I love that you call me Bobby. That shows that shows who you are. I love that. By the way, that's very I appreciate that. It's well, Bobby, I got a story to tell you about Bobby, because you got it's interesting that your name is Bobby, because I got a childhood story, childhood story about a Bobby who was a Italian in my life and everything. But I I, tell make sure 
I remind me to tell you that yes. story. Oh, yeah, You're going to love it. You're yeah. going to love it. Okay. So what happened, Bobby, I, I spent all this great time learning how to be black. Got down with it. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Man, you couldn't tell me. Got the <laughs> swagger, got it all down. Woohoo! People was like giving me high fives, dude. I was sure. I was in it. You know, had all the women and there they do. And after after getting all that down, I was ready to get out the military and come back home to Miami. And thank God, my godfather, Perry Anderson, asked me, "Why are you getting out the military? Why are you coming home?" You should find something to do in the military and find you. Go do you. Okay. And so because I was, you know, young and infatuated into the women, guess where I wanted to go? I wanted to go where the women were. Mm-hmm. And we're in, in Miami. In the like... military. <laughs> in the no, in the military, all the women is in the medical field. See, that's because they're nurses. Is is this right? And they're, nurses, they're the ones tax, yeah, tax everything. All the women. I've heard this story before, and it's there's nothing wrong with it because you're seeing more male nurses and more male guys in the in the, in the field of that nurse practitioners, right. phys- physicians assistants. You go on and on, but there right. was once upon a time that you would think that career is associated with having to be that gender of a woman to be in the, right. in the that field, and so you take it upon yourself. To say, how am I going to find women? That's an educated woman. That's a caring woman. That's a woman who gives of herself. Uh, well, so no, this I is wish, a good I thing. Wish, I, wish, I wish I was that deep. They're in, less in, inhibited. In, Are they less inhibited? I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I wish I was that deep. That, dude, dude, you're giving me way too much. Is that stuff. how much credit? Because I'm thinking, yeah, that, I'm trying no, no, to preserve I, it for I your mom. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 dude. I was all about trying to get with the ladies. Okay. And when I say get with the ladies. Yeah, you meant, I'm yes. I'm talking about getting with the ladies. Okay. But here's a funny thing uh, I want you to understand. Uh, when, when, when my mother placed me into the military, Bobby, so Bobby, yeah. uh, I didn't know I bombed, you know, this is an ASVAB test, you know, you got to yeah, take uh-huh. the, you know, aptitude test to, well, come to find out when I took my test, I was 17 when I took it, winning when I was 18. Well, come to find out when I went back to the military to change my MOS, the career counselor told me, looked at, at my records and said, well, uh, uh, can I just be honest with you? I said, yeah. what? I don't know how you became a cook with these grades. i like, what do you mean? Your scores is so bad. You scored under 50, 50. I mean, I was, my scores is that bad. So a good score like, is like 400 on those. What's like a really no, an exceptional no, brother. No, no. It's, a, it's between 50 to 90, 91, a hundred. The okay. deal is the, no, no, the deal is, is that the, after the military uh, test is about showing where you can go to be used in the military. Gotcha. So the lower your score, you go into infantry, which if you go infantry, that means that you are expendable. And you're non-commissioned officer is what happens. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and you don't become an officer, you become an enlisted and enlisted. you become expendable. Right. So what I realized that I had to do something different is that I had to raise up my score. And so I had to go to night school, Bobby. I had okay. to go to night school because I didn't have the score to go into the med- And the lady said, listen up, you can't go into the medical field with these because you're going to have to raise your score up. So I went to school. It wasn't got def- the night. You, instead of taking defeats, you just went for it. Got it, it, went for it. it. Got it yeah. over 91. 
got it over 91. They gave me a list and I looked at all the schools that I, all the schools, and I saw the one that says surgical technologists, but they had me read the one about cleaning instruments, cleaning instruments and preparing the supplies. And and I thought, sure, I can do that. (laughs) So I raised my hand and I enlisted for that. Now, Bobby, I want you to listen to this. It's very important. I had no clue what a surgical technologist was. Even though when I said it, you should have at least an idea, surgical technologist. But right. at the time, sounds good. Sounds about, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, surgical yeah. technologist. Yeah. You know, I I had no clue what surgical technologist was, and so here I was. I enlisted, went into. I couldn't go to school for six months, but they allowed me to go to the hospital in the, that Monday. I, I enlisted that Friday. That Monday, I showed up at the hospital where I couldn't. They allowed me to work in what we call central material supply, CMS, where processing instruments and everything. So I was doing exactly what I read. But, Bobby, you're going to like this. I was in the supplies with the other uh, uh, technicians and everything, and they were all women. And I was in hog heaven. I was like, (laughs) and I was talking up a stone. And then the white sergeant, called me into his office, closed the door. He said, you have no idea what you realistic for, do you? I said, sure. Yeah, sure. He said, he said, what are you realistic? For? I said, surgical technologist. He said, do you even know what that is? Yes, I'm doing it. I'm right here. I'm learning. He said, no, this is the secondary. This is secondary. This is yes. not the primary. This is the secondary. If you don't pass the primary, you never get to the secondary. I like, I so can't. what do you mean? He said, oh, my God. This guy. He said, this, he's a lost he said, this guy don't have no clue. <laughs> what? He didn't really. So he tucked me up to the operating room floor, and he had me dress out. And this is the first time. Now, hear me, Bobby. Okay. This is, remember, I come from Miami. I just was a cook for four years. I've just learned how to, you know, talk the native tongue of slang and be down with the bros and everything. I I don't, I don't, I don't done a serious, serious transitioning of uh, all this. And this was the first time I had went into an environment where it was not, not a nobody in that whole operating room looked at like me. Oh, (laughs) Gosh. So you're like, whoa. <laughs> so so not only did I not see nobody in there that looked like me, but the smell. Have you ever been to an operating room? I yes, I've been operating on I can I was always starting to go under, but yes, I've been I've had a couple surgeries. Okay, Definitely. so if you have surgery, but um, I want to tell it from the professional aspect okay. of it. Working in an operating room, there is an environment is the smell, the aesthetic cleanliness. The, yeah. it, it's like you walk into a whole new, you know, uh, uh, sheltered quarantine environment. Okay. So okay. you, you never, I've never smelled nothing like this before. I never felt in this cold too. So I walked into, so they brought me to the operator. Sterile, put a mask sterile, on me. Yeah. Put me, put, put me in the mask, put me in a cab, put me in the right attire, brought me into the operating room and the first surgeon, like, remember what I told you, Bobby, don't fall out. Now, now yeah. listen up. What did I say? What I was attracted to? I said, women, women. right? Women. Okay. 
Well, the first surgery that I see was a total vaginal hysterectomy. Oh, come on. You got full woman on that one, Bubba. <laughs> total. Do you know about a total vaginal hysterectomy? I don't even want to think about it. I know it's it's taking everything out of the woman, her woman all. It's, <laughs> it's called dusting and cleaning. Okay? Oh, my gosh. It's a DNC would be minor. This is beyond. <laughs> this is beyond. And Bobby? You got what you wish I, for. You got what you Bobby, wish for in some... Bobby, I passed out. Oh, no. Yes, Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I passed out in the <laughs> operating room, and they, they was and when they was waking me up, I woke up to all these white people around me laughing sure, at me. Sure. And they were reassuring me, don't feel bad. People do it all the time. Yeah. And it's the truth. Now, I do need to tell you, for those listening to this, there is yeah. a truth. Sure. I did not know. At the time, but I experienced what I saw once I got into the field. I've seen multiple other people fall out. Something that I had experienced initially, I've seen multiple people fall out who have never seen the operating room, never seen blood, never seen. They call fell out. You know what it is? See, our our mind is like a computer. These scary movies they show on TV, they said that is fake because if your mind cannot process it. It will blood will rush up from your your from your legs and it will overflow your brain and, then, and you yeah. you passes out. Yeah, that's because your mind your mind has to process what it's seeing and understanding. If it can't process it, it start it the the white blood cells. I, I, I didn't realize. It's crazy that. to it's think a, how just, the, there's a biological thing here. This is not just mental. It's it's physical. Right, right, it's physical right. It's a it's something. So for me. Think about it. A kid came from where I come from. Right. Never seen such an environment. Just learned how to talk what I consider the native tongue of being black. Yeah. And now here I'm in, in an environment where <laughs> nobody in there smelling the smell, seeing what I'm doing. My mind, my mind, my mental capacity was overloaded. Gosh. <laughs> Let me add this real quick here. Author, uh, me, Sean Daniels, again, we're talking to uh, right here on the Bob Jeswald Show. Uh, amazing. Talking about labels. Talking about how he entered the military. Retired as a sergeant first class in E7. And, uh, again, the story is a surgical tech. He went into something and never thought he would experience that. And, and these labels that you're talking about, trying to get in with women, is amazing to me. <laughs> They're everywhere. But one, this is what caught me real quick. And as we debut your book too, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges in here that you discuss in the book and what you've been through. But the, the moniker, Uncle Michorn, for something that you don't like labels, is that something, I know it's it's a play in words a little bit, but Uncle Michorn, you think of Uncle Tom. Because here you, is it because you were thinking of yourself like people said, hey man, you're not a real black guy. You're from Miami. You're, you, you sound white. Is, is that what you were experiencing with that? Is that where that came about? What, what is the, what, what is your point of making on that? Well, Bobby, great question. And uh, 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 the truth of the matter is, is that the Uncle Michon first started because uh, my, my, the family dynamics that I come from, I come from a very dysfunctional family. And, and, and so with that being said, I had been separated from my sister for over 20 years. Okay. okay. And so I finally found her and she had, she had children and everything. So I traveled with my mother and my, my wife to Atlanta to see her and she had her children with her. And so when I walked in and everything and she ended, 
she introduced me as Uncle Mishon. Okay. Okay. So there I was introduced okay. to Uncle Mishon. But it's the events that took place that signified Uncle Mishon and the type of Uncle Mishon that I was. So being I had never had not seen my sister in over 20 years, and I, here I am now in the presence of my nieces. She had eight girls and one boy, okay? So here I am with all these nieces, okay, under the age of, uh, under the age of 10 at the time, uh, no, under the age of 12 at the time. Um, hey, I'm doing like anybody, like an uncle, you know, I come there, you know, they wanted to go to the store and everything, bam, sure, I, I paid for it. You know, they wanted to go to the ice cream plate, bam, I paid for yeah, it. Heck yeah. They wanted to go to the movies, Uncle's you know, I'm taking making care it of rain. Me. I'm, yeah. I'm making it rain, okay, hey, you know, yeah. I pull up with this nice Cadillac, you know, my, 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 yeah, I'm looking, you know, I'm yeah, looking right. like, you know, fresh new money, all right. <laughs> You look like a guy that could be and in so, Tyler Perry Studios here in Atlanta, Georgia, to be like, is this guy must so, be an actor. So, so, you know, I had no clue. So I'm driving, you know, we on our way back, and I hear one of my nieces says, Aunt Jackie, that's my wife, Aunt Jackie, can we come live with you and Uncle Michaud? And my wife, with the, you know, oh, baby, sure, honey, no problem, no, no big deal. And so we spend about three to four days there, and so we packing up. You know, getting ready to go, go to the car and everything. And I'm seeing two of my nieces, luggage and everything, coming out to the car. Oh, my gosh. They literally came I out said, Oh, geez. We I weren't said, expecting this. We were not expecting I this. Said, <laughs> I said, where y'all going? And Jackie said, we can come live with you. My wife, because my wife had just met my sister, right? Like, I just want to say, I didn't mean today. Yeah. I didn't mean like now. <laughs> Did you, so this is what happens with Uncle Mishorn when he comes in. And, uh, my sister, my sister had prepared these kids to come with us. I like, so my, my wife says to her, she says, I don't even know you like that. What kind of mother would send their kid off with a woman? What? I said, I said, hold up. I said, Uncle Mishorn. I said, I got it. I'm Uncle Mishon. These kids was trying to get away. They was in a two-bedroom apartment. That's right. Okay? I know. That's exactly Uncle what it was. Michon, Uncle Mishon, Uncle yeah. they didn't care about what I, they didn't care about anything other than Uncle Mishon made it rain, and <laughs> we're trying to go with them. And I laughed. We laughed about it all the way back. Uncle Mishon became the figurehead to them, and if, if they, they didn't know anything else, they knew who Uncle Misha was. So that's, that's where the part of, whole that, started. Yeah, see, I love that. Okay, so that part of the memoir we know. Yeah, you you were saying too. Do they know? Does your family members know with this memoir? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not your Black America, especially today. What's going on? We know there's so much going on. How would you say that? I mean, at the time of this podcast, we just got past Juneteenth. You know, and anyone knows history should understand a little bit. Are you that kind of America? Do you want everyone to know and make sure they understand? What happened with our country uh, after the Civil War, during the Civil War, after? Are you in that space? Well, you're not your black America because you don't want to be that. You want to be who you are. Don't have to put a label. You don't have to be something forcefully. Like, I'm Italian. I don't have to, every time I see someone, when I see my 
if I go back home, hey, what you guys doing? What, what about, you know, you kind of get into that routine, but does that really mean? It's not my vernacular all the time, but it is when I'm at home. Is it okay to do that? Is that what you're saying? Or do you want to kind of dispel all that? Just be yourself. Be, like me, Shorn said, I want you to be you. I want you to be who you are, despite the color or your ethnic background. It would be it, so. Yeah, I'm not. You, so, Bobby, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you. I don't know how much you read my book. So let me let me explain to you. So after the experience with that, I I also wrote. A, I also was involved with a gentleman that wrote this book called America's Little Black Book, Doctor Noah Shelton. And in that book, uh, uh, when I read that book, America's Little Black Book by Doctor Noah Shelton, uh, I discovered something. Uh, he said that we're not Negro, Black, or African Americans. He said, when this country was formed way before 1776 in Jamestown, okay, Virginia, yeah. there were slaves that had arrived there, enslaved from Africa. There was a melting pot, enslaved Africans that had arrived there, and their offsprings were being born in condition of slavery. So they before I don't people don't even really understand this. Sure, right. you know, the movie Roots, the right. movie Roots. You know the movie Roots. Yes, sure do. The movie yeah. Roots. The, the movie Roots is based on before America formed in 1776. A lot of people don't understand that. Right. So those slaves, when America fought against the Britain and everything, there were some that went with the Britain, and there were some that decided to come to America. Well. When those slaves that came, this is what he's talked yeah. about in his book. These slaves that came to America should have been considered American slaves. Gotcha. Not okay. Negro, not Black, not African American, not none of those languages and things that was said to them. But the 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 dominant European culture at the time were more interested in trying to control their capitalism, the economic backgrounds that they were thought that was more important to them at the time. So how do you do that? Those Southern, those 15 original Southern states, they couldn't imagine giving up their slaves to make them equal to them. So they made them three fifths a human. And so the terminology American slave is the true identity of who we are. This is we are this is not the, Negroes, right. Blacks, right. and African Americans. We are descendants of American slaves, 1619 to 1865. So to answer your question, yes, Juneteenth is very much important, but not based on the way that everybody believing it to be. It's not based on the way that it's been written in the book. It's based on the fact that for the first time, our men, Bobby, let me say this. This is before Civil War. See, people are thinking Civil War time, it's over to war, no, that's no, it. No, no, it's not. That's no, not a, no. Yeah. The condition, the condition is what identified their identity, not what America or the dominant European culture named them. Let me say that again. The condition of their birth, they were birthed as slaves in what country? America. America. That makes them American slaves. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And no, so those Americans really... so those so those American slaves that entered into 1776, they were labeled wrong all the way up to 1865. They were labeled wrong. 
They should have always been considered American slaves. And then from 1866 all the way to 2019, they should have been identified as descendants of American slaves. And now after 1619 to 2019, 400 years. Now, Bobby, stop. Yeah, Let me yeah. hold up. We just had it. This is yeah. a 400. Yeah. 1619 to 2019 is 400 100. years. Yeah. Do you know what the Bible said? My people will want, they will wander in a strange land is not their own. Come on, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. just saying what I'm saying. Amen. Okay? That's right. What does that tell 16, you? That's prophetic. 19, yeah. 1619 to 29. Oh, but Bobby, what yeah, happened in 2020? Bobby, That's are you right. ready? Yeah. I hope you're listening. Yeah, let's what do happened it. in 2020? We had COVID. The pandemic. Pandemic. Now look what happens. Yep. Hold on, Bobby. But slaves is the reason. What did what did the pandemic shut down? Shut the down. Pandemic the pandemic shut, shut down, down capitalism, capitalism all across everything. the whole yeah. world. Well, yep. Turn it down. We were stuck and at slaves, home. Slaves, come on, man, Bobby. You're, man, yeah. you're not getting the you're not getting the epiphany here. Yeah. The epiphany is is that. Do you think that was a coincidence? No, no, no. I or I totally providence. agree. I think it's providence. I it, absolutely because you think of it's the same thing as the Israelites. You look at right. It's the same thing. The captivity. We were captive. We became. Who do we become enslaved to now? Everybody to what happened with COVID in twenty. We are now in a place of having to rely. We we lost everything. I mean, we lost the way right. of doing things. It's it's and and here it is again, prophetic as it may be. It's an eye opener. It's almost like I think of it as like a great test, but it's it's it is something that people got to see and and understand. You know who we really are. I mean, this is this put everybody America on the same page. America has the opportunity. America has the opportunity. Let me say it a third time. America has the opportunity to make themselves greater than they ever been and ever was. You know why, Bobby? It's because the fact is. What demographics of men, husbands, and fathers did not participate in writing the Constitution? Our demographics of men did not participate in the writing or putting together the United States Constitution. And so our men now, for the first time, we are, I call it, we are evolving yeah. from, from, from 1619 all the way to the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement yeah. after 1960 is the first time. I don't know if you understand about it. this. Is where the medical yeah. side of me comes sure, in. Sure, I'm listening. This is I believe that as I really understand the medical side of me. The medical side of me tells me is that I understand that we are just now evolving as a demographic of men because culturally our men were altered from being able to really take care of their wives, their children, and everything because of the fact that we were not allowed, I'm going to say it for your, yeah. our balls did not, was yeah, not allowed right, to yeah. drop as natural heterosexual men able to take care. That didn't start happening until us born after 1960. What year are you born? 65. 100 years 65. after. Oh, 1865. So you are born the same year as my wife. Yeah. So I'm born in 1961. So Bobby, I am part. I am part of the last, the baby boomer generation. Sure. Those born after 1960 to 64, we are the last of the baby boom generation. But I'm also part of that generation that 
our those children were born in a period of time that men didn't have to be concerned about being lynching. Men right. didn't have to be concerned about uh, their wives cannot. So men, though, I grew up in a period of time I never experienced a anyone of European descent calling me an N word. I got being called the N by people that look like me. Oh, you didn't catch that. Yeah, no, see, but here's, that's interesting because culturally now, that's, this is what, it, especially somebody who's, a, I've used a thing, that is somebody who's not black and you're hearing more and more of it just being said even with amongst white kids right. and, and white to black friends or black to black or white, it's out of control. I get so, it puts me off. Because even like WAP or Dago, Greaseball, you know, I heard all these things as a kid growing up, some of them uh, being Italian, uh, having derogatory uh, connotation, but they right. don't know. This generation does not understand have the gravity no of this. They have no clue when you use that N-word. And it's in music. It's and just flown around freely. Like, it's just... And that is why I my book was written right. to say James Baldwin. Uh, actually said, I'm not your Negro. Now, when you investigate that, and understand why James Bond was saying it, right. James Baldwin was really saying, I'm not your in. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. He was right. Yeah. And I want you to understand, I'm actually saying the same thing, but I'm saying I'm not your black. Right. See, that's, that's it's a metaphor. That is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Sure. It's a metaphor. But who am I? So, who am I writing my book to? I didn't write my book. My, if you read my book, yeah. my book is not written in a way that it sounds like I'm talking to my demographics of people immediately. No, I'm not. It's a memoir. I'm yeah, speaking yeah. to the dominant, dominant European hand. culture who in, who initiated the word N-word. Do you catch that, Bobby? Yeah, I caught Let me that. Say yeah, that again. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not speaking... See, I can't speak to my demographics of people because we didn't name ourselves. You didn't name black. that, right? We they, didn't name ourselves the N word. We didn't name ourselves any of that. Okay, it's the dominant European culture that put those labels on us. So my book says I'm not your black America. Right, America. I'm not speaking to my demographics of people. I'm teaching to those people. That can pat those people who first initiated white and everyone who can pass as white. Now, Bobby, I'm I'm gonna say something to you, man. Uh, uh, this is why I, I think now I can tell the story. Before I knew I was gonna write, I was a kid growing up. Used to get picked on in school all the time. Whatever is, I was slow. I mean, I was very slow. I mean, so slow that uh, uh, when you say slow, what do you mean slow physically or you're talking about mentally, 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 I was slow mentally. I, I started slow, you know, and you got to know where my book. Yeah. I was abused in the early part of my life. You had a, you had a tough, your childhood was, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, my it childhood. was a speech, to, you had a speech to, and I'm, I'm speaking. Yeah, so no, I, I was just mentally yeah. slow. So all through my childhood, I always got picked on all the time. Even in even in junior high school, I got picked on. But here's an interesting thing, and 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 I get a little emotional about this, and really I'm a little bit emotional about it because your name is Bobby. Yeah. So I'm a little. little yeah. I mean, I don't mind telling you, it, it, it's it's a little emotional for me right now. Even said, but I think it's time for me to tell this. Part. Sure, let's hear it now. I got picked on so much in school all the time by not by people of. Not by people that were white, but I got picked on by people who looked like me all the time. Stole my money, beat me up all the time. Mm. And brother, for whatever reason, 
this Italian kid, Bobby. Mm. That's crazy. I can I can tell one you. Day, one day, one day in home, one day in homeroom, man. I just said, give me a little more. One mm-hmm. day in homeroom, Bobby. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you who Bobby was. Bobby was the most popular kid in the whole darn school. Bobby can get any woman he wanted. I mean, he was that popular. He was just that popular and everything. And we shared the same home room together. That's the only time we was in the class room together, home room. And on this day, I don't know why Bobby stuck his neck off for me for this one day. Mm-hmm. Bobby told them to leave me alone. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Amen to that, man. That is, that's a great. Bobby, let great. me just tell you, dude, I don't know. Like, it seemed like it went across the whole school. After Bobby told, told them to leave me alone, he got on them. Why are you always messing with Sean? He ain't done anything. Leave him alone. We Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, leave right. him alone. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened, dude, but after that, it's not like I became like cuckoo, but no one picked on me they no didn't more mess after with that. Anymore. It's and all I it takes is one person to stand up like that and do that. I Oh, my God. I, I, so that's why I'm a little emotional about this view, your name being Bobby, man, because I'm like, oh, my God. I definitely wasn't – I definitely couldn't get any girl, I can tell you. That. Although I'd like to think I, – I, I, was, I was most unforgettable voted – but I had a I wear my heart on my sleeve and I love everybody and the popularity was good but I always felt that it was a nice gift but I can't stand anybody getting picked on um, even to this day I always there was a defense even my one friend and I always wonder if Kurt would be mm. listening to this Kurt Adamchick is his name and uh, I know he flies medical he's a medical he's like a tech kind of like but he flies in the air in helicopters in Western New York right. and Buffalo and. We were at a movie theater, and these kids, he's blind in one eye, so his one eye was kind of looked like a lazy eye. It was a glass eye, so his right, eye would... Right, and right. kids were going, oh, what are you looking at and doing that? And I remember I looked at him. I said, what did you just say to him? And, and just anybody. I always felt the need to do that because I that's probably one of the worst things to see a kid bullying. I, yes. That is the worst thing. So I... I feel with that Bobby guy, whoever said, and, and I don't know, maybe because he's, uh, he's he's Italian or what. I'm I'm very outspoken. I'm never afraid to say what I'm feeling. Um, I'll stand up for what's right. Um, I've had a situation. I won't get into my story, but even locally here, with a girl getting admonished at a deli um, at right. a local department store here, and she was of color, and a guy used the N word to her. True story. Mm. In fact, there's a Axel's here, my producer. You know the little poster that's in there. It says, "This guy, watch out." Him and Bob hit a crossword. He knows. You could tell him that. This is years ago, and this young lady now who she was with me, um, I, I looked at him, I go, what did you just say to her? You know, and I'm like, this is what's wrong with our country. You get a couple guys like this, right. or just in general, somebody picking on somebody, just take the time and just stand up what's right. And like you said, the bullies will back off, and it looked like the majority of them had no backbone. But it's funny how they, the masses left me, me short and alone. So that, that that's Bobby, a great story. And I, great story. I, I take that story and I, I apply it to my life. And you know what I've done? I learned how to stand up for the little guy. That's awesome. Okay? And once you do that, I learned, how to, yeah. I learned how to stand up for And then when I became an NCO, you know, I, I never yeah. wanted to become an officer. You know, right. I think officers was privileged there. Yeah. I wanted to be that bottom of That's guy. what my father, and late father-in-law said. <laughs> he's, he's like, he, he was said, an E-9. He, you know, was, he was a sergeant, command sergeant major, but he's just like oh, you. He says, I'm not kissing nobody. My friend was a yeah. con sergeant yeah. major, con yeah. command sergeant major. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, if it, it wouldn't, it was because of the 
consultant major. I made my E7, my best friend. That's awesome. I've always, non-commissioned officers care about the bottom-up people. So nice. what I realized when I came out of the military Fitting. into the civilian sector, working as a surgical technologist in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm going to tell you what, what did it, what really helped me, drove me to writing my book. So here I am, I become a surgical technologist in the military, but that's in the military. Uh, I had to still come to Louisville, Kentucky. I had never been a, a civilian. I went into the military when I was 17. So I had never been lived as a civilian. Okay, so here I am now uh, getting out the military and coming to live as a civilian as a surgical technologist. Louisville, Kentucky has its own history and its own racial <sighs> baggage and the natives and everything. What I, I did not know is that in the nineties, you you be this is crazy to even say that this in the nineties there were people I went to this reserve unit to go into the zoo. There were people that looked like me, Bobby, yeah. that could not get promoted in this unit. And when I arrived there, uh, the sergeant had already told me that when I get there, because my points should have been high enough for me to be able to get promoted, that I was going to be able to get promoted at the next promotion list that came out. Should I turn this? I think my clock is fine. It's three o'clock. Well, the time, which is funny, the three o'clock chime, uh, Eastern time or two central, if you're on central time, I think you're in Eastern time too. Um, means that we do got to wrap up because we're usually by half this. We can go on. You and I need to do part two on this. I, I'm just not oh, kidding. Oh, yeah, I can tell. Because <laughs> we got to do a part two because I, I, I got to run to an, uh, another one. But, folks, I want folks to know you are, you are the most clear cut, honest guy. Um, you, you we're, I, I love it. I love you because you, you are who you are. That's the best part. If anyone does try to be authentic, bro. Yeah, this, this is beyond even. What you're writing about in your memoir, I'm not your black America, but you you give so many points that can help anybody out. And I want everyone to know his book is, this whole idea in your book is it's being debuted, is uh, through your own story, your own eyes. You heard it here today, everybody. I mean, Sean Daniels has been very clear. I want you to, to really deep dive into this and find more about it. Could would you Would you definitely come back and we can talk about to achieve this goal and, and, um, you know, and just talk about more of these tips. I want the readers to go in there, uh, unlearn to relearn. You're going to find out, uh, everything you think you thought you knew. We sure. will debunk that like, like he did today. And, uh, we might just get away from the N word as we talked about today. God be with us. Every life is created by God. And that's the key. He loved yes. it. And it was perfect. When people say when he, cre- if you don't even believe in that, when he created it, and we all know that those who are in their faith, he created and it was good. Everything was good. All the races were good. You were good. I was good. We were all good. So um, you, you stand on good principles, sir. Thank you for your service. Yes. You're an E7. You're just Sergeant Major would be next. I, I, you're, you're still a leader. And I love <laughs> what you said about NCO, guys. Um, I'm with both of them on both sides, but my family was NCO more driven, and I totally get you when you said that. <laughs> I totally got you. Hey, you do hey, all the work. Hey, you bottom the work. up. You know, yeah. The military is built by non-commissioned officers. Amen. That, that's right. Any officer, that's right. Any officer tell you they can do it without us, that officer has not no. had no good NCO. Hey, they, they would salute. I see officers here who saluted my uh, my my late father-in-law they used to tell him that all the time <laughs> hey we love you god bless you please check out me sean daniels and check everything out with more in this we got some nice little pieces and snippets for all you guys wherever you get your podcast we get it right here at spotify iheart and apple audible 
wherever you get it. YouTube, if you want to see me short himself, uh, definitely tells this guy this guy was a smart guy i find that so hard to believe he wasn't smart but but uh, know about his challenges in his life it's all in the book it's all in the book and then you can learn more about how we can turn this country around i think you're on the right path we need to, we need more people to hear about this and hopefully this podcast will get it out social media facebook instagram and twitter we got you there on the bob jeswald show me shorn come on back we're going to have you again we'll get together with your publicist i can't wait to come back bro i love you man let's do i love you too and thanks for the bobby story that that got me right there